0: Amen. you thankful for a good God. Amen. Amen. He certainly is good to us. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord with everybody again. And um, y'all kind of got to know me the last time I was here. So I haven't changed too much since then. Just don't have my family with me. I uh, asked my little boy, I was like, you want to come, come with me? He says, what are we doing? I was like, well, I'm going to go preach. He says, no, I'll stay here with grandma. So Started off the trip with a little confidence booster there for me, but so one thing I've realized is <clears throat> if I ever try to interject my idea or my abilities, it always falls flat. But if I can just represent him and talk about him and he shows up, then lives can be changed. Amen. Right. Amen. Let's just if we would, just uh, go ahead and turn in the, the word if we could. Second Peter chapter three. Also just like to thank Brother Earl um, for allowing us to come um, and minister just um, sorry to hear about the passing of his mother. Just remember we'd be and praying for him and the family there. I'd like to thank everybody for coming out this morning just to hear the word of the Lord. Amen. I mean, I believe uh, very strongly that what you put into a service is what you're going to get out. Amen. I believe if you expect little, you're going to get little, but if you expect a lot, you're going to get a lot. Amen. I'd like to speak just for a few moments, and uh, this is probably one of my favorite subjects to preach on. You might think it's funny, but I'm just preaching on Christ this morning. Amen. And I think there's times we just need a refresher that we got to look back to Him, amen. So I'd like to preach, if I put a title on it, God Does Not Substitute for His Word. Second Peter, will begin reading the, uh, chapter 3 and verse 1. The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking about in their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens of old, the earth, standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of the ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years and as a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. Amen, with that, you can have your seats this morning. I'm really thankful we serve a God that was long-suffering and he wasn't willing that any of us should perish because I needed some time Amen, and you know, God took his time and maybe it was it was all everything was done in God's season God's timing But but I needed I needed some long-suffering. So I know I know some of you are probably Angels this morning got your halos. None of y'all needed that, but I needed that. Okay, so you know God had to do some work on me and uh, but but looking at this, God does not substitute for his word. And I just kind of want to show you that this morning, showing that if we can focus on him, if we can stay identified with Christ, no matter what man's ideas comes or what dogmas or what goes on in the world, if we stay focused on him, he'll see us through to the end. Amen. Now, Brother Branham says, and he cares, do you care? He says, now, does God care about those who have repented? He said, he's made a way for them. Now, we're going to see what he did in times past. He said, Noah's times, he cared. He sent a prophet, and he brought the way, and he showed them the way. He made them a way of escape. And, or made them a way of escape and they could have escaped the judgment that's how much he cared for them and he says we find out that he brings them to a place where he into the last days to where all before or said all of us will stand before the great judgment to come he so cared for them until he prepared a way that they would come into and they would be free from all judgments that was coming so we see god sent a prophet in this last day to tell us the things that were to be and this day he sent us a way of escape is that right amen so we see that when jesus comes he died on Calvary, that was our, that was the, as we preached last time on the atonement, that, that it was the removal of sin, it was the salvation of the soul, it was, a, you know, and he sent his spirit back upon, a, upon the bride, upon the believers, and we could be filled with the Holy Ghost and we could actually have the life of Christ in us, is that correct? Now, he said, now that's how we come in. There's no other way, no matter how what church you belong to, how good a man you are, how good a woman you are. You must accept God's all-sufficient sacrifice. He's provided a way or you're lost. That's right. There's only one way you can come in, and that's through there. He's speaking of Christ. Now, I'd like to look at the definition here this morning of substitute and it means to put in the place of another. So when you know if you were if you were gonna come up this morning and I was gonna substitute teach for Sam, which would be a horrible horrible decision on the public schools you know, idea of, of, of knowledge. And um, so we see I'd be a substitute. I would come in place of Sam and begin to teach either the curriculum that he has given left for me or my own ideas and my own curriculum. Is that right? So we see that whenever we begin to substitute things for the word, it begins to become our ideas, our man-made theologies, our man-made ideas. And, and when we put a substitute in place for that word then we're lost. Is that right? There's no way we can do away with the Bible and say, well, well, we love God, we want to serve God, but we want to do away with the Word. There's just no way we can do that. Now, there's over 41,000 Christian-based religions in the world as of 2012. And I know some of these facts are kind of Kind of staggering, but they were they were really fun for me to study. But there, think about that: there's forty-one thousand Christian-based religions. What that means is based off of Christ and, and, and the following of the Scripture. There's that many religions based in the world as of two thousand twelve. Now, there's one that really there's a couple that stuck out to me, and I just want to read just to kind of lay a foundation here this morning. There's one: the Nation of Yahweh. Um, these beliefs of the Nation of Yahweh are are, are very racist. Um, stating that the group believes that the blacks are the true Jews and the whites are the white devils. They also claim the group is believed to be led by Yahweh ben Yahweh, whose messianic message is to vanquish the whites, as they had views of similar Christian identity movement. The group departs from mainstream Christianity and Judaism by accepting Yahweh ben Yahweh, this guy, he's actually still alive, as the son of God. And so they believe that he is actually the full embodiment of Jesus Christ today. Now, we also, we look at the KKK, the things that they believe. It's not a Christian-based religion, but you look at them, they believe it's all on race and this and that. Now, Matthew 24 and verse 24 says, "...there shall arise false Christ, false prophets, and they shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect." So we see that these people are actually in the world believing that this embodiment here is actually Jesus Christ. And so we see that that's wrong. Is that right? There's also another church that was founded in 1992 in Boston, Massachusetts, and this is probably my favorite church of all churches, um, just because I would, I would love to attend a service, but uh, it's called the Church of Euthanasia. Um, <clears throat> it's the world's only anti-human religion. Their most famous slogan is the firmest, first commandment is, Thou shall not procreate. And their most famous slogan is, Save the planet, kill yourself. You know, you think they would have a revival and nobody would show up next Sunday, right? <laughs> it's true. They, they actually have a religion. and Now, they don't kill themselves, but they are okay with suicide. Um, it's like a, as a sacrifice. They're okay with cannibalism if the body's already dead. You didn't kill the body. They're, they, they're for abortion. They're for all these things. and It's, it's insanity that you would think people would join around this, right? I promise I'm getting to something. I'm not just going to stand up here and tell you crazy religions. But then you come down and you look at the denominations, and and now we're going to focus back in on Christian-based religions and the Bible, just to kind of lighten everybody up for 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 what we're about to about to do. But you see that 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 it it looks insane to you and I that there would be people that would actually do that, and. And then you come back to Christian-based religions and how, how heartbreaking it is to me that they would actually look in the Word, take their ideas from the Word instead of taking the Word in its fullness, and they would from there divide and, and use that words, use their scriptures that they would want, and they would create a denomination out of it. Now, when I was in college, I wrote a paper, One Lord and Many Denominations, and which me and my professor had a heated, very heated discussion over after it was done, but you look at all the churches that are centered around Christ, the Baptists, the Methodists, the Lutherans, uh, the Pentecostals, the message churches, you look at all the denominations that actually focus as Christ as the Savior and as God, as the, uh, as the omnipresent, uh, omnipresent God, and you see all these people focusing on Him, but you have so many different religions, so many different denominations, and you look and say, well, how did they come to that? How did they come to that conclusion? And you and I look at the same thing, and we see something totally different. Now, we also know by election and calling, we were, they were, we were foreordained for this, we were, we were the elect, is that right? But we see that people would rather have religion than they would Christ, they would rather have the law than they would have grace, they would rather have their own ideology than taking Christ at his word and letting him be the ruler of their lives, is that right? Right? Now, Brother Branham says, "In from the beginning it wasn't so. He said, Jesus made those people in his days. He said, In vain they do worship me, teaching the doctrine and commandments of men. In vain people worshiping. Some say, Well, Brother Branham, if you worship God, truly that's it. He said, they said, surely he would accept it. He said he didn't accept Cain's, and Cain worshipped him just as much reference as Abel did. Cain built an altar. Cain made a sacrifice. Cain worshipped. He built a church. He made his offerings. Everything else, just as religious as Abel was, but he come the wrong way. God has got a way and we must we must toe the mark to that way and the Bible is the way no textbook creeds or nothing outside of this Bible or if it's contrary to the word do not believe it so we see that when God makes a way we have to follow that way is that right amen I believe that as the son and daughter of God when he give us of scripture to be fulfilled in our day we must fulfill that scripture is that right this is our day this is our time this is the bride's time is that right 2 Corinthians 12, 9 said, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So we see that God's grace is sufficient for whatever we have need of. Is that right? And I believe I touched on this a little bit here last time, but you look at the word sufficient, and it means enough or equal to the end proposed, adequate to the wants. Now, if you look at it, that's not how I would describe God as just enough. Is that right? That's not how I would describe God, but if you look at grace and you begin to understand the difference between law and grace and greasy grace, you know God isn't just pouring out grace that it just flows wherever. But God knows that you and I would not be perfect. Is that right? God knows you and I would need to be saved, and His grace is sufficient for what He saw us as before we were the son and daughter, of, or as before we become a son and daughter of God. Do you believe that? Now it's not that he you can just go do anything and he pours out grace upon you you know with my children if they begin to disobey and they begin to do this and do this and do this the longer I let it go the further that they're going to go is that right But God is not that type of God where he's going to force you to do this or force you to do that but if you're one of his and he's called you you will meet him one day is that right Now 2 Peter verse 3 and 9 the Lord is not slack concerning his promise some men count slackness but his long suffering to usward not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now that was the last scripture that I read at the opening of the uh, opening scripture reading uh, this morning. Now he's long-suffering to you and I because and, and I'm so thankful for that he is, because if he wasn't, then I would have already been cast out. Is that right? You and I would have already been cast out. there was nothing. there was no hope for us. If God would have just gave us one chance, and we'd have passed it, God would have gave us another chance, and we'd have passed it, and that'd have been it. But God was long-suffering that you and I would come to His word. Now we see that grace is up to the challenge, and, and I I know again I asked for water, but I'm gonna have to have some water again this morning so I can I can get going. So tap water is fine. Anything would be great, just a cup of water. Amen. I'm not, not fancy, so me and my wife have only been married ten years. We haven't yelled at each other that much to build up my voice. So, you know, maybe a few more years we get kids get older and teenage years we'll get better at it, amen. Amen. Definitely miss my wife and family being here this morning, so uh, but just remember them in prayer. Now, John 1 and 14 said, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the glory of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. Now, we see that when Jesus come, he had a duty to fulfill. He had, a, he had a responsibility to the Father as to what he was supposed to do. And he come and fulfilled that aspect. He fulfilled every aspect that, Christ, that that God wanted him to do. He fulfilled it in every way. Is that right? The Scripture said he was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Everything that God was, he poured into Christ. Is that right? And then we see in the Scripture, everything that Christ was, he poured into the bride. So we have the authority. We may not have the power, as Brother Branham talks, but we have the authority to enact on that power to whatever we have need of, whatever mountain is in front of us, we can act with authority to say that mountain needs to move, it will move in the name of Jesus Christ. Now Psalms 119, 157, many are the persecutors of mine enemies, and yet I do not decline from thy testimonies. I beheld the transgressors and was grieved because they kept not thy word. He said, consider how I love thy precepts, quicken me, O Lord, according to thy love kindness. The word is true from the beginning and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever now this just because others weren't following christ didn't change david's opinion of of the word is that right and today we see people falling away at great rates and maybe even at the masses and and we see people falling away and leaving just for the the most foolish things but it is not going to change where i stand with christ amen now when people leave if you're you know i've always i always had a problem with this you know people look at you know um Look at other people and they judge them and say, well, if they can do it, then I can do it. You know, they become that standard. You know, maybe I, maybe I have a minister that I look up to and I'm saying, you know, well, if he can do it, then I can do it. But that's not the way we should look as Christians. We've got to go to the word. We've got to go to the message. And we've got to see what God said we need to do in this age. Is that right? Just because Sam's able to do it doesn't mean it's right for me and my family to do it. Just because y'all do it doesn't mean it's right for me as well. So we see that when God comes, when he puts something in his word, we've got to follow it. Amen. Now, in Matthew 24 and 12 and because the iniquity shall abound and the love of many shall wax cold but he that shall endure to the end the same shall be saved now Brother Bram says "All right," he says see when God speaks anything though it linger it's got to come to pass he said now I believe that God was going to do it and there was a great modernistic day of scientists and and everything standing out there saying the days of miracles is past and so forth but God said go and he said now I like David of old he couldn't slay all the Philistines but if he could only kill one boaster out there, Goliath, and he said, "When Goliath was slain, all Israel took courage, and away they went. They beat the Philistines, plumb back to their gates." So we see that whenever one of us can take courage, if you want to start revival in your church, you first need to start revival in your life. Is that right? If you want to, if you want to be caught, if you want the church to be set on fire for God, you first must be set on fire for God. Now, as Christians, we look around at one another and we begin to look and. And, you know, it's, it's a good thing as a minister. I believe God called me to, the, you know, to, to, to preach the Word. I'm not a great minister by any means. I, I, I don't travel a lot. I just do whatever God has called me to do. But, you know, many times, you know, you look back at life and, and, and you think, you know, why would God choose you? Why would God choose this one? Why would God choose this one? It's not up to us as to why God would choose us, but it is up to us to fulfill His purpose in our life. Is that right? If God called you to be a prayer warrior, you be the best prayer warrior you can be. Amen. If God called you to sit on the back pew and just say praise the Lord, and be, a, be an encouragement or a testimony to somebody else, then do that. Do what God has called you to do, but do it with all your heart. Do it with a fervency. Do it with a passion that, that others around you look at that and they're inspired to see that if they can do it, then so can I. Amen. Now, we see that in, in this day, everything is all social media based. And, you know, we can take good pictures on social media, but that doesn't show what's really going on in the house. Is that right? doesn't really show what's going on in the relationship. But I want you to know, I may not know what you're going through today, but God knows. Is that right? And if God knows, then you have, a, you have someone who has the answer to your problem. Amen. Now, we look here in Abraham. He was receiving the promise for Isaac. And Abraham said, Behold, he said, To me thou hast given me no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And he said, Behold, the word of the Lord come unto him, saying, Thou shalt not be thine heir, but he shall come forth out of thy own bowels and shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven and and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And Abraham believed the Lord, and he counted unto him for righteousness. Now, we look at this time in Abraham's life. There was no sign of the promise, but yet he believed in the Lord. Is that right? Many of you have loved ones that have gone astray, children that have gone astray, husbands or wives, spouses that have gone astray. But if you continue to believe in the Lord, he will count it unto you for righteousness. Amen. And if you can continue to believe in the word of the Lord, God will bring that to pass because he promised that anything you ask in his name, he'll give it to us. Is that right? Now he received the promise, but then he tried to go and make a substitute, didn't he? He, he tried, to go have a wife, or had tried to go have a baby with another one because he said Sarah's womb is dry, so he said, I'll go do this, and I'll, I'll have a shamgar, and we'll, and we'll do this, and, or excuse me, not shamgar, and he said, I will do this, and, 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 um, and everything will be fine. I, I've, I've fixed what God couldn't do. I've fixed it, and, and now, now everything, now God's promise is lined back up, and we're good to go. And I believe that's the way as message people we get in our minds sometimes that we've got to fix God's promise and try to prove it to people. Well, He's coming back. He's doing this. He's doing that. Um, um, you know, we, we, he, he's not slack concerning his promise. And, and I believe as, as, as the bride of Jesus Christ, you know, what are we preparing for Daily. You know, I ask myself that many times, you know, I'm very goal-driven. I I like to write out goals. And, you know, me and my family, we have a vision board and we have, you know, what we want to accomplish this year, even my kids and and what we want to do. And, and, you know, then, you know, here a while back, we, we actually finally, praise the Lord, accomplished everything on that board. And then I was like, well, now what? You know, and there was like two months, I was just like bored out of my mind, you know, and filling out my calendar and like, well, this week's over, you know, Several hundred more of these weeks, ended and I'll be dead, and everything will be accomplished. And And you look at people that are goal-driven and goal-oriented, that when the goal's completed, they're really confused. Like, what do I do now? And I'm that way. And I begin to think in my spiritual life, you know, What is the goal? Well, my goal is to take a rapture. So until I take that rapture, I can't stop working. Is that right? And that ought to be every believer, every son and daughter of God. That ought to be our goal is to be ready for a rapture. Amen. You say, well, I wasn't ready yesterday. or I've I've got to get more prepared. I've got to get more prepared. You say, well, when are you finally prepared for a rapture? When you take the rapture, amen. So, so where you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be all the way there until the Lord comes back. But every day you've got to prepare harder than you did the day before. Is that right? You've got to come to church praying for more revelation of God than you did last Sunday. You've got to pray harder for your lost family, your lost friends, or the ones in church that are struggling. You've got to pray harder than you did the day before. We've got to join together. The closer the Lord comes as that day approaches, we've got to join ourselves together. Is that right? Now we see that, that Abraham believed the Lord, and then he goes out and tries to make a substitute, and it wouldn't work. He said it wasn't what God had promised. Abraham would have a child with Sarah. Is that right? He said God had said in, in Isaac, shall thou seed be called? Now Hebrews 11 and 11, we skip on down, and you look through faith. Also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and, he was deliver, and was delivered child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now you look back at the story of Abraham and and Sarah, you're like, she did not judge faithful, he did not judge faithful, but, but God brought them through, is that right? The writer back here looking through the blood of Jesus Christ, seeing what was done, and counted it unto them as righteousness, is that right? Now, many times you and I try to go about this, we try to go about that, and we try to we try to analyze the Word of God and say, well, well, this is what I think it means, and, and you look at the message and how it comes, and it lines so, so fitly with the Word. Is that right? You know, when you put the message over in, in, in the Scripture, and it's not like you're doing away with the Scripture when you look at the message, and you're not doing away with the message when you look at the Scripture, but if you look at the message, it's like looking at, through binoculars at the Word. Is that right? It kind of magnifies everything in there because that's what the prophet did in this last day was to restore all those loose ends. And so now you and I can see the fullness of Christ in this word for our day. Is that right? Now, therefore, sprang there even one as him as good as dead, so many as the stars in the sky and the multitude, and as the sand of the seashore innumerable. And these all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And that's what's wrong with today people think that Jesus, that Christ is slack and concerning his promise and they begin to substitute something in its place. And now I work a lot with a lot of denominational Christians and and you know I be I really love to talk to them about the word and the other day I had a had a lady come up and tell me you know the scripture plainly says you know if you don't speak in tongues you don't have the holy ghost and I was like I was like man that is awesome I can you please get me that scripture cuz I want to be right. And I was like 6 months ago and I'm still waiting on it, right? Because I, I honestly, if, hey, if I'm wrong, I want to be right. That should be every believer's heart is to be right. And I've had them come and show me the, you know, the seven seals. And I had a guy draw me out a big board. And, you know, he had the tribulation period, seven years and all this. And I was like, man, you know, just, can you show me this by Scripture? Well, no, but I drew a chart. <laughs> you see the chart, right? I'm like, well, I see the chart, but I can draw a chart. But I need it in the Scripture. Well, this is my idea of what the Scripture says. Well, it's not really what the Scripture says. And so we see that we try to make it by our own ideas, and then you see, uh, as, I, as even me as a man, I'll, I'll begin to read the Word, and maybe i take my own idea, but if it's wrong, God will bring me back into correction. Is that right? Do you believe the Lord this morning? Isn't it be good to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. 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 Don't, don't be sad on me. I've been a mortician for nine years, so the quieter you get, I'm fine. It won't hurt my feelings at all, but get involved with me a little bit, and God will see us through. Amen. I really was an embalmer for nine years, so no lie. God was preparing me to be a message preacher. <laughs> Amen. You know, I, I've always said it, <clears throat> you know, uh, you know and, and I've got three kids, so for the last three years or last five years, it's been very hard to get anything out of service. And so I so long to, to be in service where I can focus in on Him for a little bit, and I see all these other people no kids just sitting there like staring at the moon. I'm like, why are you not involved? And then I realized, well, I'm watching you, not even watching the minister. So... We've all got our own problems, but if you want something from God, you've got to get it. Amen. This is this is not, we're not fighting one another, but we're fighting principalities, spirits of darkness. Is that right? It's a mental battle in this day. I believe Brother Bram said God chose the heart, Satan chose the mind, but it's up to you and I to kind of separate ourselves from the Word and focus it on Him just for, a, just for an hour or two a week. That's all we get. Let's give it everything we've got. Amen. If I need healing, I want you to know I'm going to go ask for healing. I'm not going to just ask for it on Sunday. I'm going to ask for it every waking minute of the day because I don't want to be sick. Amen. If I feel like I'm lost or not living right, I'm going to ask God, I'm going to repent until I feel like God has accepted that repentance. Amen. Hebrews 6 and 13, for God made the promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater. He swore by himself. And I'm so thankful for this. He didn't swear by another man. He didn't swear by Abraham because Abraham would have failed. He didn't swear by me because I surely would have failed. But he swore by himself saying, hey, nobody else can mess this up. I'm going to promise according to my word that it shall come to pass. Saying surely in blessing thee I will bless thee and multiply and I will multiply thee. And then so after he had patiently endured and attained the promise for men verily swear by the greater an oath of confirmation is to them to end all strife. So that'd be like if I was going to promise somebody something this morning, you're, 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 that promise is depending on my word. Is that right? So if I promise at the end of service, I'm going to do something for you, that's all obtainable, or that's all laying and resting upon my word. Now, in today's day, you know, the, the saying used to be, you know, a man is only as good as, as, good as his word, right? And and in banking, that is not the case. You know, we have you sign 47 forms stating that your word is true. And if it's not, we're going to take everything but your word from you. And so we see that it's no longer applicable in this day because why? Because so many people's word has failed. Is that right? But we look at God's word, he has never failed. Is that right? And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. And he said, For men swear by the greater an oath of confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immunability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. And I love this, By two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled to a refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. He said, "...which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil." So we see that when God could swear by no other man on earth, he swore by himself because man could not keep his end of the bargain. Is that right? There was only one that could keep his end of the deal, and that was the, that was God. Is that right? It was the unconditional covenant. It meant that Abraham couldn't mess it up. I couldn't mess it up. You couldn't mess it up. It was fully resting upon the Word of God. And today, in this, in this age, as the bride of Jesus Christ, everything we believe on is based on the Word of God. Amen. If God spoke it, he can't mess it up. I can't mess it up. And you can't mess it up. But if you're willing to take for the, this morning and for the rest of your life, if you're willing to take God at his word, your life will be different from this moment forward. Is that right? If you begin to believe God for his word through the hard times, he'll meet you there. If you begin to believe God through the good times, he'll meet you there. Is that right? Amen. God is not just to be caught on in the bad times. He's to be caught in on the good times as well. God is not just a little servant that we can cry out every time we're sick or every time something goes wrong, but if you're a son and daughter of God, a true seed of God, you will be crying out to Him daily, is that right? And that's the thing that this age has done very, very well, and it's been able to have so many outlets to our lives, and you know, I, I went, um, I think it was after I uh, preached the youth service here, we went back and kind of deer season had come in, and, and I love to to camp and hike, and, but I've never done it by myself, right? You know, I was like, am I really man enough to walk into the wilderness and camp? And my wife said, what do you think? I said, the only one way to find out. So Friday night after work, I drive about an hour, I get to the woods, and it's called the Leatherwood Wilderness up by the Buffalo National Forest, and there's no roads, no trails in. I'm like, I'm just going to walk. I got my compass, you know, about 400 yards in. I'm like, it's pretty good. It's like a good spot here. It's dark, you know, I'm walking with a flashlight, I can't see anything. So I I set up camp and I get my tent set up and get everything kind of put in the tent and, you know, kind of the moon's real full and I look and there's this like black silhouette and I'm like, oh man, it's fixing to go down and I'm going to (laughs) die 30 minutes in, you know, leave my wife with three kids and, you know, fear just starts building, right? You know, I get my Glock out and I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm going to go down, he's going to go down with a bunch of holes in him, because there's a lot of bear over there. And so I'd seen bear sign, and I'd been over there scouting. You know, all this fear, everything that's possible in my mind to be building is building. You know, it's a grizzly polar bear mix, crossbred down in Arkansas, something could totally never happen. And what is it? It ends up being a coon walking on a log. <laughs> but we see... We can let anything build in our lives. Is that right? Maybe today I leave and I don't shake Brother Sam's hand and all of a sudden he just lets a little thought enter his mind and say, man, he's got something against me. And the next thing you know, I've got this vendetta against Sam and it's all built in Sam's mind, but we begin to create fear and fear begins to feed itself and it begins to feed on more fear. There's actually a story that I I probably don't need to go into it, but there was a Japanese soldier that was um, over in uh, uh, in the South Pacific Islands and the war had been over for 42 years and he was still holding his position in the mountain. And he was actually, you know, if you read his whole entire story, it was all based off of fear. He would fire upon the villagers. They dropped messages. They dropped newspaper clippings showing the war was over. And for 42 years, he held his position. And he believed that it was propaganda from the Allied forces saying, you know, this, to get him to come out and surrender. And they actually had to bring his um, his, uh, his sergeant or whoever was above him to relieve him of his command 42 years after the war was over. And that's just an astonishing short story. His name is... Uh, Onada Hiroshima, I think. If you ever get a chance to read the story, please go read it. But I really was inspired by that story. And I'm like, you know what? That's the same way with Christians. The war's been over since calvary and we're just fighting as hard as we can one another fighting this one fighting that one and christ has already settled it all at calvary is that right the battle's over we've already won the war is that right but we're still here fighting and doing this and doing this and doing that but if we could ever look to christ just one time and get focused in on him it doesn't matter if i snub brother sam in the parking lot he's not going to have a problem with it is that right why because our goal is not to please brother sam or please me or please this one it's to please christ Amen. Brother Bram says in Jubilee year, he says, for his word, as we are seeing this morning, has to be fulfilled. Do you believe that? You know, Brother Bram says here very clearly, his word has to be fulfilled. So if there's a bride to be called out in this age, that has to be fulfilled, and it's going to be me. Amen. He said, it's got to be made manifest by his word. And he brought it into reality. We had the subject this morning. If some of the strangers in the beginning was in the word, he says, and the word was with God and the word was God. He said, now the word was in the beginning. But before it was a word, it was a thought made manifest. And God had to think it before he could make it a word. And then he spoke it and it materialized. Now, I can speak things, but my, my, my words don't materialize like God's words would materialize. But we've got to realize as sons and daughters of God and even as, as, as minor creators, as Brother Bram says, our words hold power. Our words hold a lot of power because if we begin to speak negative things, negative things will happen. If we begin to speak positive things, positive things will happen. If we begin to speak nothing, nothing will happen. Is that right? I believe that just just truly to the heart that we are minor creators and we have the ability to create the atmosphere in church, the atmosphere in our home, the atmosphere in our workplace. We have that ability. Now, the same one that sent the Lord Jesus here by a spoken word, it materialized and became the Son of God and died as an innocent for the guilty to redeem us back to fellowship of God. That we might be ones who were alienated from God can now be bought, brought nigh to God by the offering of the blood of the righteous Son of God. Just as sure as Jesus come the first time as a Redeemer, He's coming a second time as a bridegroom. Do you believe that? Just as much as He come the first time, we know that He will come a second time to take His bride away. He said, although many times we think, well, it's been a long time and we thought this for years and, and that's what they thought before His first coming and they were bound to think the same thing in the second coming because The Bible said they would say there's no difference than the time the fathers fell asleep. But it's in that hour you think it's not going to happen that it happens. And as the bride of Jesus Christ, we can't substitute any of our ideas. If the word says it's going to come to pass, it will come to pass. Amen. And the reason I got on that whole story of me going camping out in the wilderness is because there's so many outlets that, that Satan has to our mind as far as social media and i had no service no signal no, no nothing whatsoever and you know my wife's like what'd you do i was like rested slept you know i didn't have to worry about what was going on with the political polls at that time i didn't have to worry about what was going on with the world at that time what was going on in the news at that time it was just rest and i believe as christians many times we get caught up in those things and i'm one of the worlds worst so i'm preaching to myself here i'm i'm on facebook i'm on instagram i I understand the problems that come with it, and, and you know, well, I just wish I could just delete it and not look at it, but you know, where would I find my Facebook Yard sale deals and, and all this stuff? And, and so we all have our excuses as to why we're doing something. Is that right? But we also have a responsibility as a son and daughter of God to let, not let that obtain or gain, gain favor in our sight over the Lord. Is that right? You know, I'm, I'm sure, and I, I'm going to step on my toes, but if we looked at our Bible app against Facebook and Instagram, I'm going to tell you there's going to be a time difference on one of them. Not a lot of amens on that. I didn't say it either. But if we begin to look at it, we've got to get focused back on Him. Is that right? I love how Brother Brown says his thoughts are perfect. We can think something and it'll change. But once he thinks something, it's got to stay that way because it's going to manifest and materialize. You can think what you want to think, but there's no substitute for the Word of God. You can pick out this scripture, pick out this idea, pick out this word or this verse or this scripture or, or this person's story, but it's got to run all the way through from Genesis to Revelation. Amen. There's only one way you can get to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, but I in John five and thirty six. But I have a greater witness than that of John. That for the works of which my Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me. That the Father hath sent me, and the Father Himself which hath sent me hath borne witness of me. Ye neither heard His voice at any time, nor have seen His shape. And ye have not His word abiding in you. For whom He hath sent Him, you believe not. He said, search the Scriptures, for in them you think ye have eternal life, but they are which testify of me. Now you look, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were looking for a Redeemer to come. They were looking for uh, uh, the Son of God to return, but when Jesus come, it wasn't what they were looking for. He wasn't their idea idea of what they had built up in their mind. That's not who God should have sent. That was not the one that should have been the Savior of the world or the the, the second Adam. That's not who it should have been. And so they they begin to look at the Scripture and say, well, this can't be Him when it was the embodiment, the fullness of the bodhead godly standing there in front of them in flesh. And you look at how sad that is that they could meet him flesh to flesh, face to face, and say it isn't so. And in this day, we look at the denominations and even some churches and people sitting in churches, how they look at the word and they say, well, this is okay, this is okay, but I'm going to throw this out. You can't not do that. You can't take a part of Christ and leave another part. Whatever you take him in the whole, you've got to take it in the least. Amen. Now, Brother Bram says when divine love is projected, sovereign grace takes its place. And he's speaking here in 57. He said, now if I'm mistaught, I understand correctly, I have no education, just my my grammar school, but I'm taught by scholars who should know that the word used giving everlasting life in the Greek is called zoe, he said, which means the life of God. He said, then God's love projected to you brings you and makes you a part of him in the new birth. Then you become a child which is born of or comes from, and he said, and that puts you in a relationship with God so much that you're now sons and daughters of God. Do you believe that? Now, until I become a parent a few years ago, I always looked at parents who kind of favored their kids, I'm like, this is ridiculous, you know, their kid's not perfect, Then I had my own, I'm like, okay, I get it, you know, it's your flesh and blood, you're like, man, these are, these are pieces of my heart living in, in flesh, and you're like, they can do no wrong, you know, and then they dump ketchup on the couch, and are like, okay, they can do a little bit of wrong, and and so you begin to look, and, and you know, I've had kids over. You know, for my, my little boy, he had some kids over, and there was one kid that was there, and I was like, he will never come to my house again. <laughs> I looked at it at one point, and he had a, I had an old arrow that I hunted with, and he was in my camper poking holes in my screen, all of them. And, you know, my head just exploded in anger. And I was like, quit. <laughs> and I was like, Jin. You know, it's like 9 o'clock the next morning. They got there the night before. I'm like, I'm taking them home right now. If it was my kid, you know, it would have been different, right? You know? He'd have got a spanking for sure. He'd have never done it again. But I'd have let him stay at the house a little longer. <laughs> and see that God is not that way that I am and the way you are with your children as to where he favors one over the other or favors his and this but now he does favor his children in the way that God would favor you over the world is that right he's given us special privilege he's given us special insight that you and i could look and see a prophet's message that would tie all these loose ends together and everything that was unexplained that needed to be restored in the end was restored and we looked at it face to face we saw it and we accepted it and believed it is that right now, as, as fathers and, and, and mothers here on the earth, you know, we could, you know our, our children can do wrong, but we pray for them. There's no way that you and I can save them. Is that right? There's no way that you and I can die for them, and there's no way we can do this or that or keep them from going out and into the world or doing these different things, but we can pray for them. Is that right? And let God take full control because He gave us a promise that he would, he would allow those who were afar off, as many as the Lord God would call. Is that right? So that's my children. I know it's your children as well, but we're trusting in Him to protect them. Amen. Now God made the world by His spoken word. He said, oh my, the dirt, all the minerals, the gold, the water, everything that there is, is only by God's spoken word. If not, where did He get it? Where did it come from? God said, let there be, and it was, He said, said, then what faith should we have in Him and His word? The very earth that we stand on today was created by the spoken word of God that it did not exist before, but after that it materialized because God believed in what He said. He said that when you become a son or daughter of God, your disposition changes, your attitude changes, your all your looks toward life changes, your looks toward others changes. I believe we still need to work on that one. It doesn't mean that you just have joined a church; it means that you've been regenerated. For you, as a son of God, are miniature creators because you are a part of God, and that's the reason you can believe the Bible for anything it says. for the, For the word of God is for the word is God's word, and you being a part of God will agree with that word so i think that's the quickest way to figure out if you're a son and daughter of god do you agree with the word right that's a good test to take i'm not saying this is your absolute test but if you agree with the word of god you know you come from god because it's going to cry out that deep's going to call to that deep ephesians 4 and 4 and this is when i was talking to my college professor we really got heated on these scriptures here but it says there's one body one spirit even as you are called in the hope of what you're calling One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And so we see here that every one of us has a measure of faith. We have, uh, I believe I spoke a lot on here th- this the last time. When Jesus comes back, he's not going to be looking for the perfect message church. He's not going to be looking for long hair, long dresses, long, you know, well-groomed men with, with belt buckles on or this or that. He's not going to be looking for that. He's going to be looking for faith. Is that right? When he comes back, he's going to be looking, who believes that I was going to be coming back? Who who's believes that I was coming to return? Now you say with the Lord, those things do come, but we don't live by the law, we live by grace. Not that we don't do those things, but it's not that we have to do those things, right? We get to do those things. I say that to my kids all the time, we don't have to go to church, we get to go to church. And that's the way grace is, truly, and and I guess they say if you can't explain it to a five-year-old, you don't understand it yourself, but... You know, in grace, we don't have to do the things of the law. And there's some things we don't maybe do and, and, and that we don't follow back to the Old Testament and stuff, but, but those things are not law to us, they're life. Is that right? Amen. Now, it can't be anything different than the Word. So what I, back to my original thought, God does not substitute anything for His Word. Just because I can get up and And say something really good doesn't mean it's right. Amen? Amen. You can't live anything different than the Word and expect the benefits of the Word. And I believe that's where a lot of people are like, Man, I just don't realize why this is happening and this is happening. And and many people get too focused in on it. If bad things happen, you're not living right. But if you look at every Bible character, that's complete opposite. I mean, there's several in there that weren't living right. God come in, did something, changed their life, and they got back on track. You look at, you look at Samson. and um, So you look at specific ones, but you look at some people who just went through things. You, know, you, look, at, you look at Rahab who had a really rough life, but God had called her. Is that right? You look at Rahab, all the things she went through, she was given out to prostitution at a very young age. And and, and she had no idea why those bad things were happening, but God was on his way. Is that right? You look at the scripture in John chapter 9, one of my most favorite stories in the Bible. You look and the disciples come up on a blind man and they say, they, they ask Jesus, why is this man blind? You know, he's been blind from his youth. Why is this blind? Because he sinned or his parents sinned. And I think this is the most profound thing Jesus says in the Bible. He says, neither his father or mother sinned, neither did he sin, but so that the works of God be made manifest in his life. And many times as believers, we wonder why we're going through. Maybe it's so God's word can be made manifest in our lives, amen, to prove to Satan that he's got a bride in this day that will stand upon his word, amen. Now, we, we cannot live any different than the word and get the benefits of the word. Now, you look, at the, you look at, the, at the prophet, and he talked about harlots being able to come across the platform and be healed before believers, and he puts that back to faith. But I'm looking at the benefits of the Word. What is the benefit of the Word? It's the rapture. It's that body change. It's that life eternal in glory with our, uh, with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the benefit of living the Word. Healing is just a part, but we we're healed in the same mortal body that can get sick again. But the true benefit is to be raptured out, is to have a body change to be like Christ. Amen. And so you can't live anything different. You know, if you get a life insurance policy, you know, and it's, it's a, they, they have all these underwritings and all these different things, you know, if it's non-tobacco preferred and you've got all these things that you go through, and if you think that you can do anything you want and it not void that policy, you'd be wrong. If you get a loan in the bank and they say, well, you have to make monthly payments, but you want to make quarterly payments, that's not how it works. And when the scripture says you have to live a life of Christ, live, live a certain way and you don't live that way, you can't expect the benefits of that. Is that Right. Amen. That's about as simple as I can put it. So Romans 4 and 13, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if there, he said, for which are the laws by, or which are of the law by heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is made of none effect. And so we see that the promise is based on faith, not on works. Right? I believe if it was based on works, the Catholic Church would have us far outdone. You know, they, 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 they take up money for medicine for the, for the poor. They take up food for the poor. They do all these things in the community. They do all these works, but it wasn't based on works. It was based on a promise, and we had to have faith to believe that promise. Now, we see here, because the law worketh wrath, for, their, for where no law is, there is no transgression. So what he's saying, you can't break a law that there is no law for, right? If there's no law for me to not jump up and down, and I jump up and down, it's okay for me to jump up and down. All right? If there's no law for me to go 85 on the way home, then I can go 85 on the way home. Unfortunately, the state highway police feel differently about the law than I do, but we have to come back to what the law says. It's not my opinion of what the law says. Speed limit says 65. Well, I was going 65 plus some, but that's my opinion of the law, but the law is very clear. You do not exceed the speed limit, right? Now... Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end of the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, have I, I have made thee father of many nations before him, whom you believed even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Now we look here and we see now the expectation, it has to be built upon something that's got faith behind it. Because if you're expecting something, it's because something's been promised or some way like that. So if you, if you want to have real expectations, it must be built on thus saith the Lord. Is that right? He said, look at Noah. It was sometimes that God asked you to do things that's ridiculous in your, your own human thinking. Now remember, if you're going to enter this revival trying to figure out something, you might as well enter out to begin with. He said, because you ain't going to do it. Remember, man does not know God rather by his head, he knows him by his heart. In the Garden of Eden, why man when, when man was divided between God and Satan, Satan took the head and God took the heart. And we see in this day while we battle so many things through the mind, and we see, you know, I feel so bad for our, or, or maybe not so bad, but so drawn to help our young people because they battle so many more things than we did. Is that right? You know, used to we were, had to worry about our friends at school and, and this or that. But now, you know, cell phones have become so common and, and online things have become so common. There's almost so many things going on that you almost can't block everything. Is that right? We can't put our kids in a bubble. And as we realize as, 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 as parents, we can't, we can't save our kids by keeping them locked up inside. Is that right? You know, we can't, you know, we can homeschool them all we want, but they're eventually going to come to a point where they have to make a decision. Whether they're homeschooled, whether they're in public school, whether they're in a private Christian school, no matter what situation they're in, they've got to come and make a decision just as you and I had to make a decision. Amen. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, Romans 10 and verse 17, I've got an alarm on my phone, so I will not be much longer, or alarm on my watch to go off, so I will not be much longer. Amen. Don't want to offend nobody. <laughs> Amen. Do you love the Lord this morning? Amen. I don't mean to to joke around at all, but I'm happy to be a Christian. I believe we've we've been given such great things, and we just we come in so sad sometimes. And I don't understand why we do. Like if I was going to a Baptist church, I get it why we'd be sad. We really don't know what we're doing. But when we come to a church that has the fullness of the Word that's been presented to us, we ought to be a little happy about it. Amen. And I'm not saying y'all are wonderful people to preach to. I really appreciate your uh, your acceptance and, and the pull on the gift of God. And I pray that something is said that'll that'll bless you. So just know I'm preaching to the, to the people online, not to you here today. So, Amen. That's a new preacher's way out, as they can always blame it on the Facebook people, right? Amen. So then, faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word of God. Now Romans 10 verse 17. So we see it's not by hearing man's ideas or man's explanation of what they believe the word is, but it's by hearing the word of God. And now you and I, whenever we begin to, when God began to deal with your heart, I don't know how he dealt with you, but i just tell you how he dealt with me. You know, I grew up in a message church, you know, uh, I guess you can say I cut my teeth on a message pew, and um, you know, it, it was much different back then as it is now, and I'm only 32, I think, and and so I'm not very old by no means, and you know, I may feel it, but I'm not very old, and, and so you look back, I remember when I was a kid, man, it was like every service, the rapture was going to take place at the end of the service, and I'm not saying we've We've gotten slack, but the expectation was different. I mean, we, I, as a kid, I was scared because I, I knew I wasn't right yet, and I was wanting to be right because I, was, I believed it really that much. They preached it so much that it was going to happen in that minute that you wanted to run to the altar, and there was nothing wrong with that at all. If there's anything, I'd rather be that way than, than slack, right? And so we see that, that time has changed now. We see that, that our ideas have come, and I'm not saying anybody's getting slack or concerning the promise. We still believe 100% that he's coming, but, but we look at that and how it's changed and how it's affected our lives and, 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 and how we react to the word. And so as a son and daughter of God, we, we, we still live. We, we know that, that Jesus is coming back. But I think we ought to take our, our expectation up another level to say, I'm ready for him to come back. It's not that I know he's coming back, but I'm now ready for him to come and return and take me home. Amen. Galatians 3 and 14, and we'll stick with this scripture just for a few minutes. But he said that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And we don't receive it through works. We don't receive it through ideas, but we th- receive it through faith, which is a belief in the word, is that right? He said, No, brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannuleth or addeth thereto. Now, to Abraham, <clears throat> his, seed, his seed were the promises made, and he saith not unto the seeds as to many, but as of one unto the seed which is Christ. He said, in this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ, the law, Which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should not make the promise of none effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of a promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. So we see if you're living the law, you're living in a substitute because God, that's outside of the promise. We're not called to follow the law or follow this or that. We've been called by grace. Is that right? It's by grace where you are saved. Now, verse 19 wherefore then serveth the law question it's wherefore then serveth the law it was added because of the transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hand of the mediator now a mediator is not a mediator of one but God is one he said is the law then against the promises of God god forbid for if there had been a law given which would have given life verily righteousness should have been by the law But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Do you believe this morning? He said, but before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto faith, which should afterwards be revealed. He said, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster and bring us into Christ that we might be justified by faith. And I'm so glad that's not the way it is in my experience with Christ. It's not something that I have to do. It's not something that I'm, I'm beat and told that if I don't do this, I'm going to hell. If I don't do this, I'm going to hell. If I don't do this, I'm going to hell. But it's, it's something that's just on the inside of me that projects that I live it because I'm a part of him. He says, but after faith has come, we're no longer under that schoolmaster. For ye are the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There it is neither Jew nor Greek nor bond nor free. There's neither, neither male nor female. All are one in Christ. And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to to promise. So I know that was a lot of scriptures there, but we know that God has justified us. And if he's justified us, it was as though we never did it in the first place. Is that right? Now we see that here that we are heirs of promise and there's nothing that we can take other than his word. If some man comes in and tells us anything that doesn't line with the word, then we have to put it away. Is that right? Now here it is. He said, I wanted you to get it. How much more foundation could you place your faith on any level than the word of God? He said, what more could you put your faith in when he said, heavens and earth will pass away, but my word shall never pass away. I'm thankful for that today, that what we have our faith in, there's nothing can move it. Amen. He said, then that's a fact that God's word is eternal. And the very world that we're sitting on top on tonight is nothing more than the word of God materialized. He spoke the word and said, let there be. And the word came into existence or excuse me, the world came into existence. He said, all things that you see was made by faith in the spoken word of God. He said, God said, let there be, and he believed his own word. And he says, well, after redemption and a taste of our God in our souls and heart, how much more ought our faith to be based on what God give us the promise for and sent Jesus to die and redeem us to that promise? So we see that people try to make substitutions, but there's only one way in, and that's Jesus Christ this morning. If you try to get in any other way, you know the parable in the Scripture. If you try to come through the window, it's not going to work. Jesus Christ is the way. He's the truth, and He's the life. Amen. If you don't come through Him, you're not going to make it in. You've got to come through Him. Acts 4.10, he says, Be it known unto you that all the people of Israel, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here, Before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of the builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men where we must be saved, and that's through Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? Amen. I'm gonna start winding things down here, just just finishing up and tying up some loose ends. And do you love the Lord this morning? I mean, I'm so glad we can come as Christians and join our faith together. And and if we have needs this morning that God can come and speak to our hearts, amen. Amen. Brother Bram says in the resurrection of Jesus, and he's talking in 1956 in Chicago, he says, now tomorrow night the Lord will, he said, or one night before I leave, I'd like to speak on the infallibility of the word of God. He said, if people can ever place their faith centered not upon present situations, but upon what God has said about it. And I want to stop right there because we look around and, you know, I really thought I knew how everything was going to turn out in the last few weeks, but I found out I was wrong. and I've looked back years and I'm like, well, I know how things are going to turn out and I was wrong, but but God's got it in control, right? So we're not saying, well, if it doesn't turn out our way, then God's not right because we don't know that that's the way God wanted it to turn out. We can look and say, well, this is the way it looks like it's going to happen. This is the way I think it'll happen. But if that's the way God doesn't want it to happen, it's not going to happen. He said, if you can remember, no matter what comes or goes, how impossible that it seems to be, yet God's word will take its place every time. He said, see, in the face of every difficult, he said, nothing can take its place. It has preeminence because it's none other than God himself in the spoken word. And it has to come to pass. He said, all my days I've tried to solemnly keep the people on the word of God, for that was his promise to me. He said, he told me he would bless me Wherever I went, and it would prosper, and the work of the Lord should grow, but that the word, then I must be sure that the word was first in everything. As believers, we need to make sure the word is first in our life. Is that right? We don't need to put our spouse above it, our children above it, our work above it. We need to put God first. Amen. And he said, that's what I've tried to do and try to keep humble about it, keep down to a place where I can keep myself yielded to him to hear his voice when he speaks. And that's one thing. Sure, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. That's right. He said, no matter how much I'd learn of his word or how much I would love his people, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. That whenever the time comes, he will call me from among the dead, that I can come forth to life everlasting. And so we see as sons and daughters of God, it's our our duty to put the word first. It's our ability as sons and daughters of God to look at everything else and say, you know what, this doesn't line with the Word. I'm not going to go out and just cause a big fuss about it. I'm not going not to blow up about it or tell everybody on Facebook about it. I'm just going to leave it alone because that's not for me. But, you know, as for me in my house, I want to serve the Lord. So I'm not called to go destroy this one or destroy that one. I'm called to follow Him. Is that right? Acts 1 and 4, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, he told them to wait for the promise. Is that right? He said, this is what's going to happen. John baptized with water, but we're going to baptize with the Holy Ghost. But you need to wait. Wait. And so he also says in verse 8, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud, received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, he went up, and behold, two men stood by them in white apparel." Which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand here, ye gazing up into heaven? This is the same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven, shall also come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Now, we look at believers, and, and, and I love seeing different, different parts of the body of Jesus Christ. And I've been fortunate to travel a little bit, and am I still here? Okay. I've been fortunate to travel a little bit, and I think probably the furthest place I've ever went was up into Alaska and to the to the Bering Strait, right there on the uh, the very tip of the the Bering Strait. And you know, when the when it freezes over, they can drive their snowmobiles to Russian, and, and the name of their their church is called the Uttermost Tabernacle. And and um and it is very true, you know, you you just get on a plane and they just continuously get smaller and smaller, and then you finally arrive at this uh, Chivak, I believe is the name of it. And you know, I got real nervous when the pilot. You know, when we're getting on this last plane, and he's like, step on the scale. So I like set my luggage on. He's like, no, no, you get on the scale. You know, they want your weight as well. They, they want to know this plane can only hold so much. We're only taking so much. And if you've got too much, they're going to like, you got to start chucking stuff. But you get up there, and you're like, man, you know, and I'm just going to tell you the truth. If these people are listening, they're just the kindest, most sweetest people that I can imagine. But, you know, I, I look up there, and I'm like, what do they do? You know, what's the purpose, right? And as Americans, we all automatically, and they're Americans as well. They're Chivak- Chivakian, I guess, so they're actually Inuits. But we always think we've got the best of everything. We're the best of everything. It's just the American ideology. And I'm not saying that the bride is that way, but you get up there and you're like, it's really humbling to see that these people, and I kid you not, when I say there's been people lost in blizzards trying to walk to church, hey, man, there I am again. All right. Lost in blizzard trying to walk to church for maybe a quarter mile. And when we can't, if our windshield don't defrost, we're like, oh, we got to stay home. And you get up there, and I felt so convicted the whole time. I didn't even hardly want to preach because I was like, you know, he made me take off my tie. He's like, we don't have ties here. You know, don't don't even wear it. They wouldn't know what to think. And I'm like, man, it's so humbling. And I, I come back, and I felt sick for weeks, not just because I ate seal, but I was sick in my spirit, because I looked at what we took for granted, I think I'm going in and out, but if you can still hear me, it's good, y'all can hear me, all right, I just can't hear, now I can hear myself again, but anyways, it was such a, a humbling experience for me, and if I rec- if anybody, you can go on a mission trip, I, I, I really recommend that you go, but I got there, and I, when I got home, I mean, I was just kind of depressed, because I was like, you know, we get in our car, they don't have cars there, Snowmobiles are four wheelers or dogs. That's how they get around. You know, I I rolled up, flew in, and I'm decked out in a big parka coat and long underwear with jeans and pants on over that and big boots. And it's 30 degrees and snowing, and there's kids outside in short sleeves. This is their springtime. They're loving it. I'm dying. I'm freezing to death. It's like forty degrees in the house. I was like, Can I take a shower? They're like, well, we have to turn the water on. It's a pretty big process. I was like, Believe me, I, I won't take a shower, but those people walk to church, that we baptized people there, right? Frozen water baptizing people, and we're like, we need a heated baptismal here, <laughs> All right? We need to get a, a fun together. We need to get a heated baptismal, and, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad because it made me feel very, very bad as to what I put into the what I put into church. And so what I'm trying to leave you with, and I know this is a horrible note to leave you with, and I don't want to leave you upset or sad, but I want to leave you questioning, do you put in enough effort? Right? Do we actually say, do we actually do what we say? Do we actually do what we, we say amen to? These people, you know, are, are hunting seals for food, catching fish for food. You know, a gallon of water there is $10 because that's how much it takes to ship it up there and ship it up so, so you know, I couldn't drink their water. Obviously, they can, but it's a different world. But there's still believers there. And so we look at the body of Christ. Now, God's not going to, I pray He doesn't judge us. He's going to judge us based on what we have. Is that right? We're going to be, on what we've been given, that's what God is going to judge us on. But if I look at my life and compare it to them, I just feel like so small. I feel like this big. And, and you look, and there's no way in or out of that place other than I'm plane. You know, and occasionally they can snowmobile to another to another village south, but then they got to fly from there. And it's and you know the, the suicide rate there is very high, but but there there's a little church called the Uttermost Tabernacle that's that's a believers of Jesus Christ that that walk to church in blizzards. They they go to church, they do this, they do that, they have healings, they baptize in the in the water. And what's so funny to me is there's actually a, a mission there, a Catholic mission. And and the building was so nice. I mean, you know you know it, it definitely costs money to get everything up there. And and you look at that And they were worshiping just a little shed, you know, just plywood on the walls with as much insulation as they could fit in there. Um, You know, like my water bottle froze one time. You know, so it's it's very different culture. And they're sitting out there pulling on the Word of God. And when I come back, I was like, man, I got to give some more. And so tonight or this morning, if I could leave you with anything, it's what are you actually putting into the Word? Now, I know I'm not a very good minister. I get that. But if, if somebody's preaching, if the Word's coming forth, you're only going to get what you're pulling for. You're only going to get what you're asking for. If you're asking for the Holy Ghost, watch God come and give you the Holy Ghost. Is that right? If you're asking for healing, watch God come and give you that healing. But you can't come to church and expect the, the minister to just spoon feed you everything and do this and do that. You can't expect Brother Earl to just come out and preach you happy every Sunday. Sometimes you've got to come to church happy, amen. Sometimes you've got to prepare yourself before the service because one thing that I can guarantee if I look into his word and I see that it's true he's coming back and we've got to be ready amen if you're not ready and someone else and it's time then he's going to take us amen we're not waiting on anybody amen I know I understand predestination I know whoever's called will be ready but I'm ready to go home amen do you believe the Lord this morning he said, and the church is the life of God on earth, and he, want, and he wants us to comfort his church. And he said, how would it be if you know that you wipe in the fevered brow of your child would comfort it and, it would, and would refuse to do it and spit in the face, he said, and reach and get a bottle of whiskey or something else and take it instead and, said, and touch the mother's hand or something. He says, that's what we do when we turn to other remedies. He said, we literally, just like a mom that wouldn't that wouldn't rub her, her child's head, that knowing that it would comfort it, that's what we do to God whenever we look for other remedies than the Word. He says, there's many remedies, but only one cure. He said, Christ is the cure. And the only cure in this, he says, He cares for us. He loves us. He wants us to come to Him. God made us that way. He said, that holy thing that's in us, He wants us to be comforted. So we believe that when God gives us Word, it's not to, it's not to cast us down. It's not to do this or that, but it's to call us back to Him. Amen? And I believe that when God brings his word, when he brings a minister by, or when Brother Earl comes out and begins to minister, we have a duty as sons and daughters of God to pull on that gift of God, to pull everything that we can out of that so we can be ready for when the rapture is ready to take place. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. If the musicians could go ahead and come back. I'll end this end this just real quick. I'm dear master of life. He says, after reading your word, we stand in awe, realizing that someday this reading tonight will be, he says, we'll hear it on the tape recording as it was in the day of judgment. And we are going to do it. He says, what are we going to do about it? And I ask you this morning, and I know many of you are Christians, Holy Ghost filled believers this morning, but what are you doing about your life? What are you doing about it today? Are you trying to grow further in the Word? Are you trying to get closer to God? Are you just kind of stalled out just a little bit? Are you just kind of feel like you're spinning your wheels sometimes? But if you feel that way, get close to God, draw nigh to Him. Is that right? He said, many say, oh, I've heard that for years, but but did not the Scripture say they would say that? He said, there's no difference in time than when our fathers fell asleep. Not knowing that we're right on the threshold, He may come before morning. He said, and Father, what day or hour do we know that this little bride or this little brittle of threads of life we're walking on will break from beneath us? Our poor, poor souls will hang in the balance yonder, and he said, on the word of God and our attitudes of what we have heard and read. And so that's what I really want to focus on to end this. And I never caught this. I've read this many times, and I just caught this just last night. And he said, our poor souls will hang yonder in the balance on the word of God and our attitudes of what we have heard and read. Amen. And many times, um, I don't know about you, but I've not had the right attitude. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, the preacher gets a little long winder. He's preaching on something we've heard before. Or somebody else made us upset in church. Or, or our wife or husband made us mad before church. And our attitude's wrong. And I begin to look at this. I was like, you know, we're going to be judged on the word and our attitudes of what we've heard and read. He said, and this is Brother Brandon praying. He says, It behooves us, Lord, to stop now and check ourselves. And while men and women, boys or girls, standing here in this little audience tonight, sane and sound, may they think deeply just now. And if they have not been born again, may they have purpose in their heart right now. I will never eat or drink until you fill me with the same manna that you filled filled them with on the day of Pentecost. He said, Until the world becomes dead and everything secondarily but thee, my Lord. And he says... And the love for everything else will fade, but take all the love of the world from me and let me from this day be wholly thine, grant it, Lord. So we see that as, as believers and, 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 and as Holy Ghost-filled believers, we still have a duty. We know we, you know, I, I know how Brother Branham says, you know, he could, he could stop serving him and live the rest of his life out in the wilderness fishing and hunting, and, and he would still go to heaven. But he said that wasn't what it was in his heart. His desire was to serve him. Is that Right. And so to the believers here today, to the church here today that, that, that's listening, we need to focus in on God and become prepared for that rapture. We need, to, we need to be pulling so hard that we need to be pulling on His Word that we're actually not just spinning our wheels. We're not doing the same thing. It's not a repeat service or repeat this, but we're coming for a purpose. Amen. We're serving the Lord for a purpose. God will not accept any substitutes. No matter if it sounds good, looks good, if it doesn't line with the Word of God, it cannot be done. It has to be rejected. Amen. Do you love the Lord this morning? Amen. amen. I hope something was said that would bless you. Maybe if we just would just bow our heads just for a few moments before we, before we, uh, before we go. Maybe if you have an unspoken need this morning. Amen. Something that, that you just uh, just have on your heart. Maybe it's for someone else, for yourself. want do you just make that known by lifting of your hand this morning? Amen. Let's just bow our heads. And dear Lord, we just, we just thank you for allowing us to come together this morning with believers of like precious faith. God, Lord, maybe the message was a little chopped up, a little little different than normal, but God, we pray, Lord, that you just would have preeminence in it, Lord, that that, that word would find, find a seed, find a home, Lord, Then it would it would prosper, Lord. I pray, God, for these wonderful people this morning. They've been attentive. They've been responsive. God, I pray you would just bless them. Lord, you see we fight the same battles down in Arkansas that they fight here, and But God, we serve a living God, Lord, that no matter what we face, no matter what we come up against, you're the solution to every problem. You're the answer to every trial, every tribulation. Lord, I pray we would just solely depend on you. Lord, I pray that we'll put our trust more and more in you every day. God, I pray you bless these people. Bless their pastor with the the loss of his mother. God, I pray you just touch that family. Lord, give them a special touch, Lord, as a minister. I pray you just continue to bless him in his ministry, God, that he would just be fruitful here with the church. And, Lord, that you would just bless the church, that they would back up their pastor and stand with him. In this age of Laodicea, that when the world's pressing in, Lord, we know there's something on the inside of us pressing out. And one day we will meet you in the air. God, if there be any sick among us, I pray, Lord, they'd be healed before they would leave the building today. Lord, that that we would leave a better people than we came in. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Do you love the Lord? Amen. I appreciate you taking your time just to listen to me preach a little chopped up message and deliver my heart to you. But I hope something was said that, that would bless you. Amen. Amen. If you run out of things to pray for, I always pray for my family. And I know we've, uh, <clears throat> we, we've got plenty of stuff to pray for. So remember us in our church. I also wanted to bring greetings from our church and our pastor, Brother Ben Pruitt. Just remember us and just another portion of the bride pressing on. Amen. Keep, in, keep keep going. Don't give up. If I could give you any, any word. You know what? I, I didn't mean to hit you at the end and say I wasn't in any way trying to say we're not good enough. We don't try hard enough. But when we look around, we need to examine ourselves. Amen. And it, I, I for sure did and still do. I go back and look at pictures sometimes and I'm like, man, I just, I need to pick it up a notch. Amen. But amen. Let's just sing that song. Do y'all sing Pressing On? Nope. I'll let brother come and, and sing then because I'm not going to try to sing anything else. But God bless you.